Welcome to another episode of the Secular Buddhism Podcast. This is episode number 63. I am your host, Noah Roshetta, and today I'm sharing the audio of an interview slash discussion I had with Paige Smathers on the topic of mindful eating. Paige is a registered dietitian nutritionist. She has a degree in dietetics, and she's the host of a popular podcast called Nutrition Matters. And I wanted to speak to her on the topic of eating, specifically mindful eating, because eating, like breathing, is one of those things that we just have to do. And we do it oftentimes without really thinking about it, um, because it becomes a mundane process. And where we can access uh, breathing as a tool to become more mindful, something that we do every day, all day, nonstop, we can, we can focus our attention on it and gain tremendous insight. That's why there are meditations all about breathing, focusing on your breath. Well, the same is true with eating. It's one of those things that we have to do. We do it all the time. And we have a relationship with eating, whether we're aware of it or not. Sometimes it's, unhe- it's a healthy or an unhealthy relationship. And these are some of the concepts that Paige and I talk about in this podcast. So we talk about mindful eating, um, what she calls intuitive eating, and uh, the concept of weight neutrality, the idea that body image is something that is conceptual. We have an image in our mind that tells us this is how I should look, this is how I shouldn't look. And I'm going outside of uh, health here, not just what is healthy or what is not healthy, but I'm saying what is ideal, what is not ideal. And these are concepts. And we talk about concepts a lot in Buddhist teachings because the moment we have a concept, an idea, a belief, it blinds us to all of the alternative possibilities because now we're focused on this thing that we think is how it sh- how things should be, how life should be, how I should be, how I should look, right? So we talk about these concepts in this podcast interview. We talk about healing our relationship with food, how we have relationships with everything that we interact with, and food is not an exception to that. There are, beyond eating just to survive, there there is an actual relationship that we have with the process of eating. What, you know, for s- some people enjoy the process, others don't. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that and how we can gain insight about our relationship with food and overall how we can be more mindful as we eat, you know, eating. I I've had this experience. I'm sure all of you had where you're, when you eat, sometimes you just eat to, because you know, you need to, but you're not focusing on it. You're on your phone. Um, you're thinking about what's going to happen later in the day. It's just something you get done and out of the way and then you move on. But how often do we really pause and think about what's happening while we're eating the, the process, the flavors, the texture? It's a lot like what we do with breathing, right? We just take it for granted and we do it, but we don't pause and really experience what is happening as we breathe, or in this case, what is happening as we eat. So these are some interesting topics, and we talk about this in the podcast. And then towards the end, we talk about how we are partnering to do a mindful eating workshop, April 7th in Salt Lake City. It's an all-day workshop, and you can learn more about that workshop uh, by visiting mindfuleatingworkshop.com. 
in that workshop, we will be addressing a couple of uh, specific topics. The concept of suffering and dieting, the topic of impermanence and all or nothing thinking when it comes to food, and learning how uh, to practice eating meditation or mindful eating. We'll go over specific techniques. We'll practice it there because lunch is included in the workshop. We'll talk about interdependence and connection, and we'll finish off the workshop with a module on the art of living, the art of eating, and essentially the healing or uh, gaining insight into our relationship with food. So it's going to be a neat workshop that couples the concept of eating, something that we all do every day, um, with mindfulness. So it's a mindfulness workshop, but it's centered around concepts um, like intuitive eating and mindful mindful eating. So if that's a topic you're interested, you can learn more, learn more about that on mindfuleatingworkshop.com. And um, you can take $50 off of the registration for that workshop if you use the coupon code Secular Buddhism, all lowercase, all one word, um, to check out when you check out for purchasing a ticket for this workshop. So this is uh, a workshop that's done by Paige Smathers, host of Nutrition Matters uh, podcast, and I am partnering with her. So we will both be teaching and presenting at this workshop, and I'd love to see some of you there if mindful eating is a topic you're interested in learning more about. So without further ado, enjoy the uh, audio of the interview I had with Paige Smathers. I think you'll find some useful information in this exchange and in this discussion. Thank you. Oh, Noah, thanks for having me. This is so this is so fun. I love it. I think of all the podcast interviews that I've done, you are the closest to me um, in in distance. You know, we're maybe an hour, less than an hour drive away, but we're still doing this online because that's the easy way to do that. It is. It is the easiest way. I often tell sometimes my local people I interview, I'm like, let's just do it via Skype. It's just easier <laughs> or uh -huh. yeah, whatever program. Cool. Well, I'm excited to have you on, on the show because this is a topic that I think is really interesting. The idea of, of mindful eating, the work that you do um, on, on your podcast and, and you consult with people individually, you do something called intuitive eating. Um, Tell me a little bit about what that is and, and how did you get into all of this? So, yeah, it's it's sometimes not super intuitive to explain what intuitive eating is. <laughs> I Sometimes people don't really like the word, but it's the best way I have to describe sort of this non-diet approach to nutrition where, um, where you kind of recognize that dieting doesn't really get you where you want to be. And by dieting, I mean you know, restricting certain things and only eating certain things and calling foods good and bad and trying to manipulate your body. It creates a really chaotic relationship with food. So what I try to teach my clients that I work with individually and people who listen to my podcast, what we talk about there is talking about kind of how to reconnect back to your body's innate wisdom when it comes to hunger cues and fullness and really being able to connect with what feels good in your body. Um, and just to kind of take all of the morality about nutrition out of the picture and to really try to connect with what's right for you in each moment. So um, there's so many principles of mindfulness that really connect well to what I teach um, for intuitive eating in my practice. 
Yeah, I was just going to say that that's the first thing that stood out to me when I when I came across this concept. And, and the first time you and I spoke about it was that it parallels the mindfulness approach to, uh, you, you know, like happiness. It's you chase after one thing or you chase away the other thing, suffering or discontent. And it's the chasing that gets you into trouble. Um, I like the wording that you use, the morality of it, deciding this feeling is good, this feeling is bad. So I want more of this feeling, less of that feeling. Uh, and I think what, from what you're saying, we do the same thing with food and our approach to eating. Um, we totally do, especially in our culture that's really diet obsessed and thin obsessed or muscular obsessed, whatever angle you want to take. There's just so many pressures on us to look a certain way, which you really can't talk about food without mm -hmm. talking about body image. So a lot of the ideas of, you know, whether you want to call it mindfulness or even acceptance and commitment therapy come up in, in, or secular Buddhism even come up in sessions with clients where we're talking about themes of acceptance and that happiness trap that you mentioned. And so many themes that really resonate um, with the secular Buddhism you know, the stuff that you do with secular Buddhism. Yeah. Well, that's cool. And what I like with, with eating in general is that it mirrors the concept of being mindful about eating to me mirrors the idea of being mindful about breathing. Right. And with mindfulness, we start with breathing because that's the foundation of what it, what keeps us alive. And it's something so simple and so basic. And yet we're rarely mindful of breathing. What does it really feel like to breathe? You know, it's like, we just, we're on autopilot and it seems like maybe we do the same with eating, which ironically is the other thing that we have to do that we cannot live without. And it's a, you know, it's a foundation of survival. Uh, and I think we approach it in the same way that we do breathing sometimes where it's like, it's just something we do, but we don't think about it. Is that totally. right? Yeah. I think that there's definitely people who don't really think about their eating, but then I think there's people who completely overthink their eating. And I think the reason that, or the way you can differentiate between something as natural as breathing and something as natural as eating, they're both necessary for survival. But with eating, there's all this shame and guilt and morality and failure associated with it with breathing you can do some of that if you're trying to work on your practice of mindfulness and you can feel a little bit guilty if you're, you know, not breathing as mindfully as you'd like. But I, I think the the level of shame that one can experience with food and nutrition and body image is just a whole new level. And mm -hmm. I often tell my clients, if we put that amount of pressure on ourselves about, about breathing, we'd probably develop as much chaos and dysfunction with breathing as we do with food. Yeah. So I think there's so many similarities, but so many interesting distinctions that really helps you under uncover why we get so weird about our nutrition. So much of it boils down to, to bodies and shame and guilt and morality and all that. Yeah. Well, I think there's, to me, it seems like the key is what you, what you've mentioned with body image, uh, you know, from the mindfulness approach, when we're talking about being mindful and emotions, like happiness being better than sadness. Uh, we call this, it's a form of um, like a conceptual prison. It's the idea or the belief itself that blinds us. And I think with food, it's absolutely the same, but it stems from the idea of here is an ideal body image and here is a not ideal body image outside of healthy, right? Because it's obvious that there's healthy and, and, and not healthy, but the, the look of a body is stems off of a conceptualization that we inherit from societal views um, and, and maybe family views. 
Um, and those evolve over time because there was a time when, you know, having a, a really uh, curvy body or extra weight would have been viewed as as something uh, desirable, right? Like, oh, this person is well well to do. Exactly. Yeah, this is, and this is why so much of the work that I do along with so many others who are in this space is, is so body image focused. And it's kind of trying to target some of the systems that are in place that, that sort of are the root cause of some of our struggles with food, where we think we need to look this certain way. Therefore, we, we feel like we need to eat this certain way. But all of a sudden that expectation, that pressure of eating that way creates all this dysfunction and chaos mentally, physically, emotionally in every way. And so kind of targeting it at the root of saying like, well, wait a minute, maybe there is biological diversity and maybe that's something to be celebrated and no two bodies really look the same. And that's great. And no, I've actually heard models say that I wish I looked the way I look, you know, in, the, in my pictures because that's not even real, you know? And so sometimes yeah. some of this media literacy comes up where we're talking about consuming media in a critical way. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all really important. And it's so interesting because we're, we're talking about food, but you have to kind of take some big steps back and look at the whole thing. Yeah. So do you find that rather than approaching the food as the problem, approaching the, the idea or the belief behind it, like the, um, the body image, if you approach that first, does the food part of it just solve itself? It's a great question. I think it really depends on the person. So sometimes the, these thoughts and this struggle with food is so ingrained and it's been so many years that there really truly is some stuff with food that we need to work on. We need to work on establishing some regular consistent meals. We need to work on what does balance look like. We need to work on um, giving yourself permission to enjoy food and to taste it and to derive pleasure from it. So there is definitely a side of this that that has to do with food, but there's so much of it that's like, it's not really about the food. So that's why in my work I do, I, I definitely refer to um, therapists and, and other people who specialize in helping people really uncover things if there's some really deep wounds. Um, but I think sometimes people get that permission to just have have their own uh, experience with body image and have their own sort of way that their body looks and kind of feel free. And then they're able to make, oftentimes the choices about nutrition kind of fall into place when there isn't all that pressure. But I wouldn't say across the board, that's just cleanly the way it works for every single person. It really, it's so messy and everybody who deals with this deals with it in a different way and, and struggles in different ways. So, um, sure. but yeah, that's definitely something I've seen where it's like, Oh, you're saying I don't need to seek after this ideal. Okay, maybe I'll just kind of be cool with with who I am and what I do and connect to my body and then all of a sudden nutrition becomes way less of an issue. Yeah. Um so from the mindfulness approach, one of the things we talk about, the idea of being more mindful is it it's it's less energy that goes into trying to decipher what I'm seeing. And more energy goes into discovering how am I seeing? Do you find that with, is it a similar journey to, to be more intuitive with your eating or more mindful with eating? Is it, uh, is that part of the process discovering how am I seeing my relationship with food um, versus trying to see it like a, an external thing? So in terms of like how meaning, how am I approaching this or what is my paradigm or what are my... Under yeah, my, 
the my, paradigm, I think. Like, is it understanding my paradigm is where I start versus changing my circumstances? Is that right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, totally. That That's completely true. And that's hard work, you know, to, to change your paradigm and to shift that after potentially decades of seeing food a certain way. Um, and sure. oftentimes people feel, people who work, do this type of work in, in their own lives, uh, it often feels really countercultural, and I'm sure you get that. Um, so sometimes it's it, you kind of feel like you're swimming upstream because here you are at Thanksgiving dinner and everyone's talking about how much the food is so delicious, but how bad it is, right? And you're just trying to be like, no, it's not bad. It's just, it just is. Um, so yeah, this paradigm shift is is tricky to do and then tricky to kind of stick with because there's so many, it's not normal in our culture to not be really obsessed and, and rigid about, about food and nutrition and health and micromanage things. Yeah. So something that you talk about that I, that I, I like is the idea that we have a relationship with food because sometimes it doesn't occur to us that we have a relationship with, with everything that we interact with, but especially something like food. Um, let's talk about that a little bit. How do we, how do we discover what our relationship with food is and what is a healthy or what is an unhealthy relationship? That's a great question. So the first one you asked was, how do you discover what your relationship with food looks like? I think, I think that that really ties into what you, the work that you do, Noah, it's trying to kind of start to pay attention, start to pay attention to the thoughts that you're having about food and nutrition, start to pay attention to um, your cues of hunger and fullness, and are you honoring those, or are you consistently denying those, or or pushing those down, or numbing those? Um, do you have rigid rules about food that lead to ultimate peace and well-being and feeling good, or do you have a relationship with food that that kind of generates a lot of chaos or a lot of anxiety? Um, I think some people will really just immediately know like, yep, my relationship with food is strained. Oftentimes a big red flag is if you've done, spent a lot of your time, spent a lot of your life dieting, there's a good chance that things have gotten kind of thrown off. There's a good chance that if you haven't spent, spent your time dieting in your life, there's, there's a good chance that you're, you're doing okay, but maybe there's some elements that you could maybe look into that might help to create more energy or more, um, just, just feeling better, you know, in terms of like providing your body with, with nourishing balanced foods, um, with the occasional fun indulgence here and there, that's no, that's no big deal. Um, but yeah, I think creating some awareness, starting to kind of take inventory of, of thoughts and becoming aware of them and then doing what you do with mindfulness, which is, okay, I'm going to experiment. I'm going to be curious. I'm going to look at if I shift this, what's the results kind of non-judgmentally, that's sort of what the process often looks like. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm, I'm just kind of processing this in my mind. Uh, so the idea, uh, the, the, the four foundations of mindfulness, uh, we start with the understanding that there's the sense organ and then there's what's being sensed, right? And the moment that there's an, an, an interaction between those two, mindfulness, that's the start of mindfulness. So I'm thinking with food, I go to sit down and I start to eat something. And there's the immediate sensation of the sense organ being maybe my, my, my taste buds, right? Tasting what um, I'm eating. 
but and it happens really quickly that I jump a layer deeper and now my mind is interpreting that experience and it's deciding I like this or I don't like this. Um, and you know, this, this introspection can get deeper and deeper. Why do I like this? Um, you know, the mind is pulling all these library index cards. Oh yeah. We tasted this before we don't like this, or it reminds us of this other thing. Um, I'm thinking of this process with eating. Uh, I don't know that we ever, that, that we really spend much time, uh, being with that experience. Cause most of us sit down and I'll just grab my phone to show most of us sit down and we're doing this, right? We're like just eating, 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 and then we're done eating. And that, that was it. it. And, and I think there's a very, um, non mindful, uh, interaction with, the, with the process of eating. It's just, I, I know I'm guilty of this all the time. It's like, I just want to eat as quick as I can. So I can go on to the thing that, that mattered more in my mind, which was hurry and answer that email or something like that. Right. Um, so let's talk about this a little bit, the idea of, of mindful eating and, and taking advantage of the process of eating to understand that relationship we have with our food. Do you have any uh, ideas or tips or techniques in, in, in that process? Yeah, I think, I think that's a great question. Um, where my head goes is, is kind of thinking about the people that I work with and some of the feedback I get from people when I introduce this concept of like, let's, let's start to generate some awareness and let's try to be mindful and be in the present moment and really taste and experience the, your food. I think, I think I'm a really practical person. And so I, I don't want people to ever feel like they're not living up to what we're talking about with mindful eating and therefore feel a bunch of shame and guilt about that. Like that's not leading anybody in a good direction. So I think with, when we're talking about mindful eating, we want to make sure that it feels balanced and it feels sustainable and it feels like something that's practical and something that you can continue to do. So from a practical perspective, a lot of my clients will kind of pick maybe one meal that they know that they're maybe more vulnerable to engaging in a little bit of like overeating or emotional eating or kind of being a little bit less connected to their body and maybe work on that meal uh, where breakfast maybe is just quick and you got to get out the door and maybe lunch is is rushed because things are going on. And ideally, sure, you would stop and you'd sit down and you'd eat your meal at a, at a table on a plate and you'd think about it. Um, but whenever we're talking about mindful eating, we need to remember that like the process of mindful eating, you've got to make sure that it feels like you can engage with the people around you because part of part of food is is for connection. You know, yes, it's for nourishment and yes, it's for pleasure, but it's also for connecting you to the people that you love. And so I would hate for someone to think, okay, I have to be a mindful eater. So therefore mm -hmm. go away, family. I'm just gonna sit yeah. here and like experience this food. Um, but that's not to say that you can't experiment with what that's like to really, really tune in. I just think that there's a delicate balance that we have to find, um, in, in, in each person to find what's right for them. Does that make sense or answer at all? Or yeah, for sure. I, and I'm glad you brought that up because when I picture mindful eating, um, I'm not picturing that like every time you eat, you're you're zoned out and you're paying <laughs> yeah. attention to <laughs> that's just not sustainable. Totally. Um, what I'm thinking is, have you ever done that? Right. You know, to me, the idea of mindful eating is, do I do that once a month? Is it once a week that I really sit there and think about what I'm eating? Uh, because it can be a profound experience. 
I, we were having dinner the other night with um, my my wife and kids, and and we were eating mushrooms. And one of my kids said, "I hate mushrooms." Uh, and with mindfulness practice, we're always trying to uncover or dis or, or discover this concept of self, right? Untangle the self. Who is the I that hates the mushroom? Um, so as as this expression came out, I hate mushrooms. I had this thought of, man, I love mushrooms because mushrooms are one of my favorite meals. But I, I correlated that expression to a time in my life when I hated mushrooms. And I thought, how fascinating. Who was the I that didn't like mushrooms? And who is the I that does like mushrooms now in, in the context of impermanence and the context of interdependence? And then I had this thought of, is it really me that likes mushrooms or is it just my taste buds? They work well for my taste buds. And I'm taking, I'm personalizing it and saying what my taste buds enjoy, I interpret as a me that likes this or doesn't like that. And that was a, a profound little moment of connection there where I thought my taste buds enjoy mushrooms and because of how they're configured, DNA, uh, life experiences, all these causes and conditions make it so that it's a pleasant experience for me to eat a mushroom while someone sitting next to me uh, doesn't have a pleasant experience. But there's no real inherent difference between the two. It's just this is what is and that's what is. It's not right or wrong. It was just a fun little moment. And I thought, well, that was a neat little mindful moment of eating. The experience of eating is a very physical thing that we do. We have to do every single day, multiple times a day. And it, it gives us a window into insight about some of these abstract concepts that are difficult to learn unless we have a physical thing to learn it with. So for instance, like your relationship with food, the way that you feed yourself, the way that you take care of yourself with your nutrition or just your mindful eating can give you insight into, into principles of, like you were saying, interdependence and self-love and, um, connection and what do you value and what's important to you? I mean, there's so much wisdom to be gleaned from this very monotonous, never ending task of feeding yourself. And so I think that what I wanted to say, and I think I feel a little bit thrown off with the, <laughs> with the break we had to take, but um, just, I think that food offers you a very unique opportunity to have a window into learning a bunch of things about yourself that maybe in other ways are just harder to grasp or, or wrap your head around because they're so abstract. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Uh, some of the things that I like to do um, when I'm eating, and again, this isn't every time I eat, you know, most of the time that I eat, I, I just eat while I'm talking or while I'm on my phone or something else. But every now and then when I, when I try to purposely be mindful, um, one thing I do is like what I mentioned before, the idea of of really thinking about the experience I'm having while I taste something. Um, another that I do is I, I try to correlate uh, the mindfulness teachings of impermanence and interdependence. Uh, with impermanence, I'll think what this is right now in the context of time is not what this was uh, 20 minutes ago, a year ago, two years ago, right? I like to try to go back in time and just see this, um, this, this food I'm about to consume what was it before it was this? And what was it before it was that? And what was it before it was that, right? But then future as well, um, understanding this will be components of this or, or, or parts of this will be in my muscles. Um, if yeah. it's a certain food, it like might be in my, in my brain and it contributes to my 
focus, you know, later this afternoon. Uh, so across the, the spectrum of time, I like to be mindful of that. And then with interdependence, you know, I'll sit there and, and look at the food for a second and think, what did it take for this to be here? What people were involved, the processes that were involved, those can, those two questions can be pretty profound too. Do you have uh, anything like that that you do from time to time? Definitely. And a lot of, I love what you've already said. I think that those are really great ways to feel grounded in, in the eating experience. Another thing that I really like to help my clients tap into is this idea of, of bodily cues. Um, so just like we were talking about with breathing, where it's just really natural to like breathe in and out, you don't really have to think about it. Um, and when you draw attention to it, you can, it's, it's actually a lot harder than, <laughs> than you might think it, that it, uh, that it should be to be able to pay attention to your breath. Um, but food, it's very, very similar where you just, you just kind of eat and then you, you stop and you don't always really consider how was I feeling? What did, what kinds of cues were I experiencing? Um, what was I, what was my body sort of communicating in terms of what its needs were in that moment in terms of hunger, maybe in terms of quantity of food or what sounded good? You know, there's an element of like this mysterious thing where if you really get still and quiet and pay attention, you can really start to discover what you're actually needing or wanting in that moment with food. And I don't think that that's true with every single situation. And I don't think you need to take that to the extreme either, but it's really, it's, it's really worthwhile work to try to, to discover what hunger feels like to you, true hunger. And then what does satisfaction and fullness feel like to you? So many of us are eating when we're not really hungry. Um, maybe stopping eating when we're maybe not really satisfied. And then we're hungry again very soon. And we're kind of always grazing or never really hungry and get way too full. I think trying to, I try to help my clients kind of come back to trusting these cues, just like we trust, you know, oh, my body communicated. It's time to go to the bathroom. You go, you don't question it, but somehow with food, we kind of overthink it and create a bunch of chaos. So part of the mindful experience, I think, is definitely thinking about the food that you're eating and, and the ideas of, what, what had to come into play to make this food in front of me? Um, and then what happens to it before it came to me and, and after? I love those ideas. But then I also love the idea of trying to get in touch with what is happening inside of your body and what the cues feel like to know how to take good care of yourself. I like that idea. I, I hadn't thought about uh, the awareness of what your body is telling you while you're eating. For example, uh, I've, I've had many experiences where I'm eating and when I'm done, I know, uh, you know, I, wherever that line was, I crossed it 10 bites yeah. ago and, and that becomes very easy to be aware of, but it had never, uh, occurred to me with each bite. If I was aware of now, what does it feel like? And then another bite now, you know, you wouldn't read, you wouldn't necessarily reach that point. Um, it's kind of, yeah, I, I hadn't thought that mindless eating is what gets me to that point where I realize I crossed that line a long time ago and I should have stopped. And now I'm feeling really sick or something. <laughs> totally. And then also this idea of like, there's degrees of hunger, right? So there's, there's slightly hungry, there's true hunger where you're kind of still feeling like you're going to make a good decision, you know, mm -hmm. where you're going to be able to be reasonable. And then there's a point beyond that. That's like, I'm so hungry. I don't really care what's in front of me. And I don't really care about nutrition, you know, I just want to eat. And so 
part of this idea of mindfulness is trying to uncover what happens when I feel that desperate primal hunger? How hard is it for me to tune in? And do I have to practice a little bit more, you know, slowing down and paying attention and being aware of, of my tendency to maybe go overboard when I get to that place? So, yeah, I think, I think there's so many avenues you could take this, but one of the big ones that really hits home for, for a lot of people who struggle with food or even are just curious about how to take better care of themselves is this idea of, starting to pay attention to the cues that your body gives you and trusting that those cues are worthwhile to listen to and pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um, okay, Robert says, I've been making a mindful effort to notice food that I want versus food that my body needs. Yeah, that's, that's a really important one. I'm always impressed with people who know their body and their relationship food well enough that they can say something like, oh, I shouldn't eat that because it's going to, you know, they already know the consequence of it. Um, like anticipating stomach upset yeah. or, you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that requires a lot of awareness and mindfulness. Um, Definitely. So I, I'd like to take a minute for those who are participating live on the Crowdcast platform. Uh, if you're watching us on Facebook, um, we're not monitoring the comments there, unfortunately, but on Crowdcast, the platform that we're using to stream this, um, if you're participating there, we can interact with you live. So if you have a question, uh, now would be a good time to, to post those so we can start looking at those. Or if you just have comments that you want to throw out there, uh, you can post those in the chat as well. So we'll be looking for those. Um, and then what I'd like to gear up for next, once we... Um, we answer any questions that anyone anyone might have or comments that they might have. Um, I want to announce the 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 exciting partnership that Paige and I have developed to do a full day uh, workshop on mindful eating. Paige has so much information that she brings to the table with nutrition and intuitive eating, and we thought it would be a, a neat blend to incorporate her work with the work that I do with with mindfulness in general. Um, so the idea behind this workshop is that it's it's going to be in Salt Lake City. It's a full day workshop, and we're going to have uh, a few modules that we'll be addressing. So the first one is suffering and dieting. Do you want to speak to that uh, in any way, uh, Paige, some of the things that we might be talking about there? Sure. Yeah. And we've kind of touched on it a little bit, the idea of, you know, when when I hear you talk about suffering my dietitian lens brain is thinking, oh my, that is, that's dieting, you know, like dieting creates so much suffering in our life. And we, we, we chase after it as if it's the answer. Um, and meanwhile, it's actually creating so much dysfunction in our lives. And so I think the, the goal with, with this module and with the workshop in general is to teach the main ideas of mindfulness but in context of how that applies to your relationship with food and your body and, and self-care when it comes to nutrition. And so this, this one I think is really important as a foundation to understand, you know, any of the other things that you're going to be doing with your nutrition, if it's coming from this dieting mindset where you're saying, I want to manipulate my body or morality around food or good food, bad food, right, wrong, you know, all of these absolutes, um, it's not going to really 
lead to that ultimate peace. It's going to lead to lots more suffering. So the good news is you don't, it doesn't need to be this choice between dieting and complete and total, you know, not caring about your eating at all. There's this awesome middle ground where you can gently take really great care of yourself, but not, not create so much suffering, I guess is maybe my summary there. Yeah. I love that. And I love the, the idea of the middle way, right. Which is yeah. the mindful, the path of mindfulness. And from the mindfulness perspective, when we're talking about suffering, we're talking about the, what arises when we want things to be other than they are. This is how it is. This is how I want it to be because they don't match. I suffer or I experience anguish, discomfort, discontent. There are a lot of words for it. Um, but this, this is prevalent specifically in our relationship with food or with our body, the way here's how I look, here's how I think I should look. And I'm going to experience suffering as long as there's a discrepancy between the two. So I think those are concepts and topics that we'll look at and that will peel the layers back, the, the conceptualizations behind uh, what may be causing the suffering. Um, from, from, so that's what I was going to add with my perspective. Perfect. That that's great. Module. Um, the other one that we're going to address is the idea of, of impermanence and all or nothing thinking. Um, so let's talk about that one a little bit. Okay. I love this one. So, so often when you try to make some improvements with your nutrition, you're trying to kind of, um, work on taking better care of yourself with your nutrition. It can really turn into this like all or nothing pursuit where you have a list of things to do and a list of things not to do. And inevitably we are all going to eat an, a slice of cake again, probably in our lives or like a cookie or something that's on our list of, of maybe we think that we shouldn't be doing that. And so the flaws of dieting uh, are, are it's all or nothing nature, right? We are not black and white beings. We're like, it's, there's so much nuance and messiness. And there's even a comment in here about how um, you know, certain foods are bad for us and, and we shouldn't eat them. I, I think that, you know, I agree that some foods we want to maybe eat a little bit less of and maybe less often. Um, and certain foods we maybe want to eat more and more often. But there's really interesting um, research around the idea of the more that you take away the morality around food and really try to connect with providing your body regular scheduled meals that are balanced and nutritious, you actually end up eating better when you have when you don't have this all or nothing mindset, you actually have a overall healthier diet than when you put all of these really strict rules that dieting brings. So that's where I'm coming from with this idea of all or nothing thinking. And I love the idea of impermanence and how that really connects with this idea where you're able to say, okay, today I ate a cookie. That doesn't mean that I need to eat 20 cookies this next minute that I'm in after eating that cookie is a new minute. It's a new moment. And I get to make a choice of what I do right now. So many dieters say, well, I ate the one thing that I told myself I shouldn't. So therefore I don't know when I'll eat it next. So I might as well eat 20 right now. <laughs> um, and so that's, there's so much flaw in that type of thinking. I think the idea of impermanence really helps us see that we really truly are in each moment and that's what we have. And we get to be a new person each moment. Yeah. You know, that happens on the mindfulness uh, path as well. Someone decides uh, I'm going to start practicing meditation because I want to be more peaceful. Um, and then 
they, you know, they'll sit there and, and experience contentment while they're meditating or something only to be disrupted later that night, something happens, an argument and they lose their temper. And they're like, well, screw that. I'm not doing that again because it, it didn't help. I'm not a peaceful person or, or you'll have someone who says, I've been told on multiple occasions by people, oh, you, yeah, you do meditation stuff. Yeah, I can't do that. I'm not, uh, I'm not peaceful enough to be someone who meditates. And, and it's just funny that the all or nothing thinking, like, unless I can be 100%, uh, then I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And with food, guess what? There is no perfect. There's, there's you, maybe your version of what's right for you, but like, there is no perfect eating. And so stop trying to stop having those expectations that that's what you're trying to do. Just like with mindfulness, maybe there's no, you shouldn't have the expectation of being able to be perfectly peaceful every moment. And that sets you up for suffering, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's what we stress in mindfulness training. It's, 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 you know, that's the wrong expectation to think, well, I'm going to do this and now I'll, I'll never experience suffering again. It, you know, <laughs> we're saying, no, you're going to develop greater comfort around being uncomfortable. You know, the comfort there, the, you become more comfortable with discomfort. That's what starts to happen. It's not that you are going to eliminate discomfort. Um, and greater and resiliency, it, don't you think? Like just greater absolutely. ability to work through it when it comes up. Yeah. Now, during the workshop, we will have um, lunch and, and that will be an opportunity to learn uh, how to practice uh, eat a form of eating meditation. So we'll, we'll talk about techniques and, um, and you'll have the opportunity to actually practice them there during the workshop. And again, this isn't so that from here on out, this is how you will always eat when you go somewhere to eat. It's not that, but these techniques will help you from time to time to take a moment and be mindful while you're doing uh, th that thing that we do that we we do to live right eating um so that that will be a fun part of the workshop uh another module we're discussing will be interdependence and connection and i i kind of, from my perspective i talked about that a little earlier with the idea of um understanding that nothing exists in in independent of the other things that allow that thing to exist right and especially with food it's so evident with food that you know, how often do we sit and, and, and experience gratitude for um, the, either the hands that prepared it or going far back, the hands that farmed it, that planted it, that transported it? You know, um, th there's a lot to it there. So let's talk a little bit about from your perspective, from your side of things, the interdependence and connection. I mean, everything we, we did touch on this quite a bit in what we've talked about earlier, I think. I think that a lot of the work we're trying to do when it comes to creating a healthier relationship with food in your body is trying to sort of allow your mind and your body to be connected again. Um, a lot of people sort of dissociate is kind of a strong word, but kind of maybe zone out or numb or don't really think about it and don't maybe, or maybe are afraid to experience um, pleasure and enjoyment from food. Um, so there's so many aspects of, of connection that I think become so important in helping people really, truly uncover their ability to connect to hunger as a cue or to fullness as a cue. Um, it becomes so important to give yourself permission to enjoy eating. Um, I know that maybe sounds weird to some people, but for people who have dieted a bunch or who have tried to you know, deny themselves with various plans throughout the years that maybe weren't right for them, 
you develop this sense of like shame or guilt if you're enjoying food. And so coming back to really being able to say like, that's okay. That's an important part of this. That actually helps me tap into what's going on in my body. It helps me connect to myself, helps me connect to other people, helps me connect to, again, like all of the ideas of like all the causes and conditions in this world that had to come together to make this meal, the people, the, the sun, the water, the soil, all of it. Um, I think that developing a sense of connection uh, to all of those things is really important. And then also developing a sense of connection to what your values are um, can really drive your eating experience. So connection I, I is such a deep topic and I could talk about it forever, but value directed or value guided eating, I think is a really, really interesting way to approach food where you're trying to kind of think about what's important to you and try to make your relationship with food in line with those values. Um, and for me, one of the big things that I value is connection with other people. And so sometimes my decisions about nutrition will be kind of more weighted towards, well, does this connect me to other people? For instance, like I won't say no to an ice cream outing, even though maybe I didn't really want it or didn't really feel like it or whatever. I think sometimes connection can be a really important part of how we experience food. So, yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of connection uh, on multiple tiers, the connection with the processes, the causes and conditions, the connection with your own body as you're experiencing it and the connection with people. Um, yeah. To, and like you said, it's, 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 it's going to be its own module because there's so much to talk about there. Yeah. Yeah, there really is. Um, so we have a lot in store for this workshop, uh, in, in great detail, uh, broken into modules and, and specific topics. Um, if, if you are listening to this and you want to learn more about it, uh, we set up a website called mindfuleatingworkshop.com. I, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. Good Mindful job. eating. Send send everyone to some other website. Mindfuleatingworkshop.com <laughs> is the website where you can learn about um, where, when, how, how much, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and the date is in April. It's in Salt Lake City. Um, is it the, remind me of the April day. April 7th. That's it's a Saturday, Saturday right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So it's a Saturday, April 7th. It's all day, nine to five, more or less. Um, lunch is provided. Um, so feel free to reach out to either one of us if you have more questions about that, if you want us to answer any questions. Um, we're both available on Facebook and social media and uh, email. Um, okay. Do you have anything else that you wanted to add about uh, the workshop before? we move on. No, I think you did a great job kind of taking us through some of the main ideas. Um, I just want to, I guess maybe one thing I do want to stress is my hope is to kind of bridge the gap between this, this, these amazingly powerful and beautiful concepts of mindfulness. And then these really powerful life-changing paradigm shifting ideas about nutrition and kind of bridge that gap in a way that feels really practical. I'm, I like to just I like to, I mean, I think these broad, big concepts are really important, but I also really think that people walking away with feeling like, okay, I know what I can do and I know what's really resonated with me and I know where I can improve. That's really important to me. So that's one of my big goals is to help people walk away with some really practical tools. 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that is an important part of it. You know, it, it, it's not beneficial to just walk away from something thinking, wow, that left me feeling really good. And then going right back into the same old routine. Right. Um, and with mindfulness, it's the same, right? Someone can come learn all the, the why uh, and how about meditation and, and the benefits of it, but then go back to their habitual reactivity and, and nothing really changes. So um, rather than just inducing an altered state of mind for the moment <laughs> while you're there, we're looking at uh, inducing altered traits, altered uh, ways of being, altered habits um, that that should have a profound effect on on you from that moment on. And the amazing thing about that, Noah, like really what really draws me to your work is that the stuff that you teach in your work is what makes it so that that stuff sticks. Does that make sense? Like if you can really work on acceptance and really wrapping your brain around this idea of suffering and really work on these I, these broad, big ideas that are so important. It's what makes it feel like, gosh, if I take one step in the right direction, I'm doing a good thing. Like I don't need to be 100% perfect today, here and now. And that's, I think, one of the biggest things that gets, gets in people's way when it comes to nutrition or making any change, any behavioral change. Um, so that's what I think is so valuable about taking this perspective is, is you're kind of setting yourself up for being able to implement these things because you're learning about the, the processes and the mindset that can really help you do that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that kind of goes to the, uh, the final topic that we have in the workshop is the art of living and the art of eating, um, which is the transition of, of, of the mindset of here's where I am, here's where I need to be. And once I get there, then I'm happy. It's realizing the path is the goal with mindfulness. Oh, that's yeah. absolutely the case, right? It's, it's, it's discovering that the path itself is the goal is the moment of enlightenment, the moment of awakening, so to speak, because there is nowhere to go. There's just where you are. There will, you will only ever be where you are, right? There's nowhere uh, you get there and you realize there's no there there. And I think that's the same with when we have eating habits, it's like, where, well, where do you finally get there? You, you, you get there and then there's something else. So it's discovering the beauty of, of the path, the, the beauty of, the process of eating, it's the process that's great, not the outcome or the goal, right? So true. So true. Yeah. That and really that's something resonated. that, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely focus on that um, in this workshop as well. Um, so as far as the, the discussion that people are listening to live and, and the overall topic of mindful, eat, mindful eating or intuitive eating, um, do you have any uh, tips or, or or hints, something that uh, somebody could walk away from after having listened to this live interview with you that could start to have a change with um, their relationship with food? Mm, that's such a good question. And I'm kind of long-winded. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, so that's, that's an interesting thing to try to kind of distill into a quick, easy tip to implement. You know, if I... I often tell people that if I could sit down with them and provide like one piece of advice, it would be to teach people about hunger and fullness. And I know I've talked about that a lot already on, on this episode, but just to kind of reinforce that, you know, we complicate nutrition so much. We talk about, you know, macronutrients and we talk about whole grains and I'm not here to say that that stuff doesn't matter, but we, we talk about all this stuff and, 
we can lose sight of what is really important. And what eating is about is it's about nourishing your body, providing your body with, with energy so that you can do the things in your life that are important to you. And the more we complicate it, the more it tends to kind of detract from our quality of life. You know, our health isn't the reason that we're here. It's something that we hope to have so that we can do the things we want to do. And so I like to think about any nutrition changes we're trying to make or anything we're trying to work on with our relationship with food is let's think about this as a tool to try to live our best life rather than like the purpose of, <laughs> of life. So hunger and fullness, if you can start to become aware of providing your body with regular nourishment throughout the day, typically three meals is, is a good place to start and maybe some snacks if you feel like you need them. Trying to aim to show up to that meal decently hungry and finish that meal satisfied and full. If you could work on trying to trying to become aware of that, trying to build some data in your mind about, hmm, am I, am I never hungry in the morning? Does that mean I'm eating more at night than maybe I need? Or am I always showing up to the dinner table kind of full because I just snacked a bunch as I was cooking? You know, if you can start to kind of look at these things, notice patterns, and in the meantime, provide yourself with regular balanced meals, you're going to learn a lot about yourself. And there, there's going to be so much insight that you can gain about what you might be able to shift or experiment with or be curious about to improve your nutrition. I don't think it needs to be, you know, any one certain plan for every single person um, in general. A little bit more fruits and veggies could be a good thing to try to work on, too. Um, which sometimes you have to take some steps back and be like, well, then that means I have to grocery shop. And if I have to grocery shop, that means I have to plan and think things through and kind of be organized in the kitchen. Um, but all of this stuff connects. You can't just separate nutrition from who you are or how you sleep or your stress level or anything else going on in your life. So um, I feel like I'm kind of rambling here a little bit, Noah, but what, I, what I'm kind of trying to get at is if there's one thing you can work on and walk away with, it's to try to create some awareness around the cues that your body is trying to give you to try to help you take good care of it. And my whole approach with people is that I believe that people have everything that they already need to be able to take good care of themselves. And just like a child is born kind of in general, knowing how to communicate their needs with hunger and I need to eat and then, okay, I'm done. We lose that as we get older. And so if we can try to kind of reclaim that and rediscover that in ourselves, rather than trying to, you know, go to some guru who teaches you how to eat, I think that that's where the answers lie. So trying to tap into that, even on a beginner level with, with some of this hunger and fullness stuff is a really great place to start for a lot of people. Yeah, I really like that. And I, I would add from from my perspective, the you know, the relationship with our food through awareness becomes our relationship with everything because it takes everything for our food to be our food. And I think uh, when we when we gain that perspective and we have that awareness that uh, and not just with food, anytime inter I'm interacting with anything this microphone, for example, I'm interacting with everything that it took for this to be what it is. And that's a, a profound um, relationship changing experience, I think, when it comes to food. Um, you know, my, my, my wife talks about how if, if the kids aren't 
content eating what they're eating in a way that that is on her as the person who prepared it. And, you know, it takes awareness to realize, oh, I'm going to enjoy this meal because a lot of effort went into preparing it. But then extending that on and, and, and realizing it took the sun and the rain and the, and, the, and the clouds and everything for the salad to be what it is. And here I am eating it as if it was no big deal. Um, I'm interacting with all that is and every process that's ever taken place in time so, so that this could be here on my table. Those can be profound moments. Um, and like I said, we don't, we don't need to do that every time we eat. That's not realistic. But to have that happen once or to have it happen every now and then can be very grounding. Um, I love so that, that. that. That would be the, the takeaway uh, that I would want to mention as far as mindful eating as a tool for feeling more connected with, with the world and connected with everything. I love the idea that like food is everything because I mean, I can totally see what you're saying with that. Like everything had to come together to make that food exist on your plate. And, and so, and, and the cool thing is too, is that it becomes a part of you, you know? And so then by extension, you're everything. I mean, there's, there's so many places you can go with this mentally. That's really profound. I love that yeah. idea. Yeah. Well, I'm really looking forward to spending more time uh, going deep into some of these topics with, with you in the workshop and, Me too. and maybe in just in future conversations. Uh, one of the questions that somebody posted was, if they can't make it to this in person, is there uh, going to be a way to um, participate uh, e either online or in a video? Um, that's something that Paige and I have talked about and we're still addressing whether it be this workshop or a future workshop, we'll find a way at some point for, for this content to be available. Um, so we'll talk about that. We'll explore some of the options, whether it's a, an online workshop that's tied to this or, or offered later, or maybe even audio and video recording of this one that's made available later. We'll, we'll sort that out. We'll talk about that a bit because we do want this to be available to uh, as many people as possible. Oh yeah. That I just, we we're totally open to that idea. I just kind of haven't explored it fully yet. <laughs> kind of yeah. working on one thing at a time. <laughs> That's right. This is our, our first time to coordinate. So we're, we're just excited to put something together and yeah. see how it goes. I can't wait. I'm so pumped because I mean, I love how like I explain the best I can do with like my perspective. And then you come in and say, well, here's like, here's my perspective. And it's so it gels, but it's so different, which I think is super valuable to kind of, no matter if, if you're someone who's been practicing mindfulness for a long time, maybe my perspective will be a little bit new. Or if you've, if you've been in my world a little bit of time, maybe yeah. your perspective will really help to kind of make those principles sink in on a different level. So I love that we don't, we're not this echo chamber. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like we're, yeah. we're really, we approach things differently, but in such a way that gels that I think that brings a lot of value. I mean, even just to me. So I'm really excited to continue the process of putting this together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, great. Well, thanks again for taking the time to join me. Um, uh, for those who are listening, who want to learn more about your work, where, where would you point people? Oh, so the podcast that I run is called nutrition matters podcast. And that's a, a great thing to kind of discover more about this approach. Uh, my website is pagesmathersrd.com. And um, you can also follow me on Instagram or Facebook at pagesmathersrd. Okay. And for the podcast, those of you who 
many of you will be listening to this audio on the podcast. So you are familiar with how podcasts work. Uh, just search for Nutrition Matters in your podcast uh, in iTunes or the podcast software that you use, and you'll find uh, Paige's podcast. It's a great podcast, has a lot of useful and helpful information for um, for nutrition and having a more mindful approach to, to eating. Um, so again, thank you, Paige. It's been fun thank to discuss you, all this with you. Yes. And we will be connecting after this to discuss more logistics and stuff. For those of you who are watching live, thank you for joining us. The audio of this recording will be uploaded to the podcast uh, later today or tomorrow. And thank you. And until next time. Thank you, Noah. Thank you, Paige. Thank you.